It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. This is episode 420. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we're recording it on April. No, not April 1st. Oh, God. I, I'm already in April. March 31st. Yay. Yay. Before we really start, I want to show something to the guys. I know this is showing, not speaking, but they'll we'll get some reactions to talk about this. Ready? I have something that my butt is sitting on. There we go. It is it's my here. winter classic jersey. I finally got it. Oh, time. <laughs> now ready? Nice. Oh, that's so good, especially with how with how, with how that game went for him. <laughs> yep, that's definitely that's definitely the one to go with. I I approve so much. Okay, now that we've we've been really vague, what did it say, guys? Sean Corrali, fifty-two. Sean Corrali, fifty-two. I decided it was a tough decision. I initially wanted Nolachari because Rhode Island, all that stuff. But I and I already have a Brandon Carlo jersey, which is fine. I don't need to have all the Carlo jerseys. I'm not that crazy. So I made a decision when Ben gave me the final, like, okay, they're going in. What do you want? And I I switched it up. I said Corelli, and he's like, that's what I'm getting too. We're gonna be twinsies. That's the perfect one to get, honestly. And isn't he, because didn't he sign, like, a multi-year deal in the offseason, too? So he's going to be here for a little while. He's got two more years on his contract. Woohoo! So, yep, I got my Corrali jersey. I'm very excited. Woohoo! Yay! I did something right! Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. I, I love I Corrali, love honestly. I, I mean, in terms of, like... In terms of players that are like not stars, but they're good players, he's probably my favorite one. So, I I vote yes on Corrali. Well, you know me, I like I, I like the stars, of course. I'm not stupid. Um, I love the stars, but uh, you know, I really love the little guys too. Glenn has the Marshan jersey, and he was very excited to get Marshy. So, uh, and he's like, if there's anybody who can wear a Marshy jersey, I think it's me. So. Good for him. I I get a Marshy jersey, but I don't know if I could back that up. But my husband doing it, that sounds fine to me. So anyway, yay! It's very exciting. And I did wrap up Glenn's because it was supposed to be a Christmas present. But thank you, Ben, for doing the the legwork on this. They're appreciated. Yay! And Ben also gave me a couple of game posters with Carlo and Achari on them. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, my heartthrob trifecta, so it all works. That was the first thing. The next thing that we're going to talk about, ready? Remember last time we were talking about Zdeno Chara, what was going on with his contract situation? Well, the Bruins, I swear to God, the Bruins were listening to us that day. Oh, yeah. They, they, they did better than we were suggest- than we were talking about. Well, okay. So I had said, I thought three was fair. And the Bruins said eh, two million base, one point seven five million in performance bonuses. I think that's good. Yeah. There, were, there were people who didn't think that was good. I thought that was good. 
And so the terms of those bonuses, the game played bonus, if he gets another one and a quarter million for 10 games played, and another 250,000 for making the, if the team makes the playoffs, and the final 250,000 if the team wins the Stanley Cup. Okay, all right. So he's going to hit one point, so he's going to get the one and a quarter, which is exactly like this, like this year's um, uh, bonus terms. In fact, it is identical bonus structure to his current contract, just the base salary was, le- was $3 million less. I was really hoping that the uh, that this was true because this was by a Twitter user. This is from ETD fifty one. Yes, of course. <laughs> Zdeno Chara twenty nineteen twenty performance incentives per sources five hundred thousand dollars for fifteen plus motivational social media co- uh, posts. Two hundred fifty k for forty plus Charlie McAvoy hugs. 250k for murdering anyone who touches Patrice Bergeron. 750k for winning Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I like those terms too. <laughs> Absolutely. And a bonus million one... ripping out someone's heart if they can cut if they can cuss Bergie. <laughs> <laughs> also that. I will say too about the terms of the contract. He could have told the team he wanted a hell of a lot more than that and he knows that they have other players that they have to pay so him taking that deal another reason why he's the captain of the team really he knows that him taking less money means that he's they're going to be able to keep more players and also in turn means they're still going to be good well so, his, his career earnings are just a hair behind 96 million dollars right now so and you know he's good with his money oh I'm almost yeah certain. Yeah, he's probably been really smart with his money. He doesn't need to make like a huge swath of money. But Ben and I had talked about this on Friday and Ben was like, he's saying go out and sign McAvoy with that contract extension. I agree. They have to sign McAvoy. They have to sign Carlo. They have to sign Heinen. Carlo's probably the easiest contract of those three. I feel like he's an easy four million a year for six years, something like that. Right, but that's still like more than three million you're paying him now. Per year. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have to be able to pay him. So I think it's a great contract. He's here for another year. There is nothing wrong with this, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Now the other thing, ready? P Bruins and the Boston Bruins have signed a 10-year partnership extension. Woohoo! Yeah. Which sort of raises the question. He's like, I wonder if the Jacobses have just never bothered trying to buy the P Bruins or if the current P Bruins ownership are just like, no, we're good, but, you know, we're, we're willing to keep playing ball. <laughs> it's really curious because, you know, the Boston Bruins organization is all over the P Bruins. Like, you know, yeah. the, the AGM up here is the GM down in Providence, as Sweeney was when he was. Yeah. So, and here's the other curious thing. All of the um, the concessions are run by Delaware North. Of course they are. So Jacobs, if they didn't want to own the team, he's definitely got the stake in what he wants. Concessions. Yeah. But it's a good partnership deal. It's, you know, they're together again for 10 more years. I mean, you really can't beat like a 45-minute ride from Providence to Boston. You know? Well, and that's just it. Now that the other places that are that distance, you know, Lowell and... Uh, and, and Worcester, and I guess if you want to stretch a little bit, Manchester, none of them are AHL cities anymore, so... <laughs> yep. Yeah, wouldn't the other closest one be Springfield? That's like an hour and a half away. Springfield yeah. and Hartford are probably both about the same distance. Yeah, I mean, Springfield, and yeah, it's just, it's like a 20-minute between the two of them. 
Oh, but, you know, it's still an hour and a half away is what I'm trying to say. I think it's great. Why do you have to have everything in, in Massachusetts? Well, exactly, yeah. Well, I'm just saying this makes too much sense for everyone involved. They weren't going to go anywhere else. Why would you want your AHL team further away? You get good support down in Providence. You do. So, of course. That sounds great. Ever since the Providence Bruins have been a team, they've been affiliated with Boston. So, it's like 27 years right now. So it'll be 37 by the end of this. I mean, I, it's got to be I've, one of the longer standing team partnerships, AHL, NHL, because like so many teams move around and stuff or, or some teams seem to change their affiliate almost every year. Yep. Slight yeah. exaggeration, but it kind of feels like it. <laughs> well, I mean, remember, like all of the teams used to be in the east and then they migrated teams out west or changed affiliations and stuff. Uh, and so. Some of those teams took their took their sweet ass time getting their teams out there too. Like you know, Arizona was well behind everyone else moving getting their AHL team out west. Sorry, Tim. Oh freaking A. Except did... except it's not even that though. The the Portland Pirates became the Springfield Thunderbirds. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like oh it, after and... Springfield had first already moved to Tucson. And Springfield, before they moved to Tucson, was the only city that averaged worse attendance and everything like that than Portland. And that's because Portland had their big thing where the Pirates played in Lewiston-Auburn for a year and a half because they were having disputes over renovating the uh, Cross Insurance Center in Portland. And it was... Mm, that's I what guess LA had that, you know, had an, a, um, a, Q, a QMJHL arena that wasn't being used for fuck all, seeing as the Maniacs had folded. Right. And even th- that arena, though, too, is kind of shitty. Oh, top yeah. off. It's, <laughs> not, it's not anything great. Oh, the yeah. in the queue are pretty bad, so I'm not surprised. You know, um, Ben brought this up the other day. Wow, this episode's got a lot of Ben in it. Anyway, he, he brought this up the other day about the uh, Heritage Classic for next season. It's going to be in October, and it's going to be between Winnipeg and Calgary. And he's like, what's wrong with that? I'm like, okay. Uh, And I had to think about it for a little bit, and I think he gave me a hint. They're both teams that migrated from Atlanta. Oh. So they should be playing the Heritage Classic in Atlanta then. That's exactly what we said. Yes, yes. (laughs) Correct answer. So, I mean, it's just so weird. So many things move around so much. And here I used to get really upset when it's like, the Colts moved out in the middle of the night to go to Indianapolis, or the L.A. Rams went to St. Louis, then they went back to L.A. What the hell? I don't remember who it was, but like when the um, uh, Thrashers moved to Winnipeg, it was a big deal for one player. He, you know, it's like, oh, I gotta ask Bobby, Bobby Hull if I can use his number. It's like, no, he didn't. He never played for that fucking team. <laughs> that was basically Bobby Hull's response. Like, my number's replied, retired by the Coyotes. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Here's another piece of big news. Bruins' seventh player was announced yesterday. And from roll, it is... Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. I went to go hit a symbol and it was... It was... It was my lamp. Chris Wagner, the mayor of Walpole. He's from Walpole. Did you know it? You know, he would not have been my first choice. But that doesn't mean he's not an excellent, like, really the spirit of the award winner. I have no problems with this. I, I just think that, of course, I pushed for, for Brandon Carlo, but Chris Wagner got it. He's having a career year. I didn't expect him to come here and have a career year. I didn't expect him to do much. Chris Wagner's career prior to Boston didn't look like, look like someone who belonged in the NHL at all. He looked like a tweener. 
They'd been, you know, forced into the NHL by management that was really hell-bent on him working out. <laughs> but and he's been great. He's been great. So Chris Lick would have been my first pick. You know, I mean, it's the guy that was like thought to be the odd man out going into the season and played admirably all the way up onto the first pairing when needed. Yep. I, he wouldn't have been my first pick either. My first pick was actually uh, his linemate, Corrale. But at the same time, I feel like the Bruins had a lot of really good candidates for that award this year where you had a lot of guys just really play above and beyond. You had Wagner, Crowley, Carlo, Grizz. Really, you couldn't have gone Crazy wrong with either of the. Yeah, you couldn't have gone wrong with anyone really there. So the fact that Wagner got it is... Crazy's way down my list, but it's like you could, there's a case for... There was definitely a case for him. There is, except that I think that he's playing the way a second-line center should, so... Agreed. But it's also more better than we've come to expect from from him in recent years. Yeah, I, that didn't come into my thinking. But the fact that this is this is the spirit of the award, picking a guy who you didn't expect much from at all, and he's having a great year here, and and he's home, and the people love him. My cynicism that people were going to vote for Pasternak again. Again, I like being you know I don't I like that I wasn't vindicated. Oh, God, I'm so glad they didn't vote for Pasternak. I mean, Pasternak is, is amazing, but we expect him to be amazing. Exactly. So I'm glad. I'm really happy. I'm happy for Chris Wagner. Congratulations on the seventh player award. Your mic'd up uh, segments were really boring. <laughs> and he probably played himself out of a contract in Boston next year. I thought he signed another year. He got another Did year. Did he? Oh, yeah, shoot. He, was a two, he signed a two-year contract. He and Nordstrom both signed two-year contracts. Wagner's definitely vindicated that. Nordstrom just makes you say why. And he continues to play. Why? Ah, uh, God. Well, maybe you can unload Nordstrom. I don't know. Well, look, the reason there apparently is that, is that Cassidy really likes rolling the two of them as a pair on the penalty kill. But, like, you got to... What about the rest of the time when Nordstrom's doing fuck all on the ice? I would rather have Carson Kuhlman on the ice. Get Nordstrom out of there. Well, it sort of goes to the question is like, okay, suppose we're eventually all healthy on forward. Is Nordstrom or Bacchus the guy that's the odd man out? Oh, it's got to be Nordstrom. I would still rather have Bacchus. Bacchus still has the potential to achieve something on the ice. Uh, yeah, but, you know, in his new enforcer role, the, you don't really want that in the playoffs necessarily because they kind of don't like that. But the thing is, either one of them would in this scenario would be playing on the third line with it's looking increasingly likely to be Coyle and, and uh, Marcus Johansson. That's what they're trying tonight, apparently. Yeah, wait a minute. Let's talk about that third line for a minute. <laughs> Tim? <laughs> I, don't count, I don't count this at all because the only reason it, it wasn't resolved the moment they traded about Coyle is because... <laughs> Is because things happened elsewhere in the lineup. <laughs> Still, I, I'm just saying that Tim. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying that Tim put us in this limbo. <laughs> Bobby Ryan all over again. <laughs> oh God, Tim, you got to be very careful about what you predict. <laughs> I really do. Gosh, because <laughs> tonight is the 78th game, is it not? Yes, uh, today's 79. Oh, no, oh, he's 79, yeah, because Creech has already played 78, and he's the only guy that's played every game. Oh, yeah. okay, so 78 was yesterday. <laughs> 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 oh, God, I just think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Well, <laughs> Wait, so does that mean Heinen's on the first line? Most of the lines aren't um, uh, set right now because there were some guys that were game-time decisions on forward, according to something oh. I saw Pat Porter um, tweet earlier. Illnesses and things, not injuries. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. 
And so I don't know if there's a roster set yet, but he also suggested that probably Mojo on the third line. Yeah, they did call up Coleman, right? Yeah, on an emergency basis. So maybe that's why uh, they called him up because of the illness. From to someone. <laughs> this game is apparently going to be on fucking NBC, too, because reasons. Oh. oh, yeah. No, I knew that. I knew that. It's a 7.30 start, too. And it's on NBC because Star Sunday, which means they're going to have that dumbass clock comparing this player and that player. And it's going to be no fun, and I'm going to hate it. it. You know, the only way they can make this up to me is if they put Brian Boucher between the glass. They did that the last time against the Rangers. I was very happy. But then they had Milbury calling the game, and he was not useful. I'm actually glad that it's a 7.30 start. Because the Red Sox just started, so as the Red Sox are probably ending, that game will be starting. And it'll just be a perfect transition into the Ruins game. Actually, this is a a pretty good uh, time to talk about players coming back from injury. Yay! Woo! So we had Krugan Johansson uh, returning on uh, the 27th against the Rangers. I think that worked out pretty well. I think so. um, uh, They uh, they did did very bad things to the Rangers. Um, They still... Lundqvist looks sad. Lundqvist always looks sad. Yeah, he does. And being pissed on the ice these days. Lundqvist made a decision, and he's going to be sad. I was going to say, they could have traded him last year, and they could have found a buyer at the time. Yeah, but he didn't want to leave. Like, that's the thing. Like, he he was like, no, I want to stay. For whatever reason, he really just wants to stay in New York and not win. I mean, I, I respect that. I don't understand fully. I don't fully understand it. I understand it a bit, but I respect it. But there are people out there. There are players out there who want to play for one team their whole career. So I can understand it from that point because it's a real honor to be able to just stay with one team. It's probably part of why Krejci's made some noise about retiring at the end of his contract rather than looking for you know a two, two or three year deal, which he'll be absolutely capable of getting at that point. I think I, I think it's outstanding if you can just stay with one team for your entire career. Uh, you don't see it very often in any sport, so it's it's beautiful. But also think about it this way: Lundqvist has kids, and his kids have grown up between New York and wherever he lives in in uh, Sweden. That's a big thing. Yeah, I don't know if his kids play hockey. If they play hockey, they could be looked at for the development program. Who knows if they're good enough? Anyway, like uh. Uh, Tamo Solani's kid, who plays for Northeastern, I think his name is Etu, uh, he is part of the development program. Well, like all of uh, Ulf Samuelson's uh, kids, pardon, pardon, while I spit on the floor, he's definitely not an American, but all of his kids played what, what went, what went through that national team development program. Right! So it's like, so to me, it's like, it's kind of a, it, it might be a big deal to just stay in New York for comfort and um for the whole idea of uh, staying with one team for your whole career and you know the kids get to stay in the same place and get raised in a place that they know instead of going from city Even to city someone like Lungfist playing for one career team your entire career because you know you're going to retire and then they're going to retire your number right like actually There's that's that, that makes bringing you back to Krejci a bit makes it interesting because i mean he has to know he's not going to get his number retired in boston he's going to be Wayne Cashman, who incidentally is the highest scoring Bruin to have only played for the Bruins. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Oh, wait, no, no. Did Berkey just pass Cashman in the last couple of weeks or something like that? I think, but, but in any case, like until very recently, like a couple of years ago, down Rose Brown was doing, you know, the best player to only play for, for, for each team. And um, he had to settle for Cashman or because he's the highest scorer, played the most points for just the Bruins. 
uh, the fact that most games were just the Bruins, like those, those two things, like so he had more points than Schmidt in a longer career. But you know, it's not always about seeing your jersey number up in the rafters. It isn't. There's there's a there's a pride in a team wanting you around for so long and not willing to part with you to the point where they give you a, a no movement clause or they just refuse to trade you, even though they could. You can't say that at certain points, I mean, his value would have been lower because he wasn't having the year that he is this year being injury free and just being really consistent. And I think that Krejci, honestly, they made a comment yesterday during the, the game of how Krejci's always been really easy to play with on his wings, right? And I'm like, he's always made it easy. I'm like, no, you're describing Krejci's a little more sensitive from what I've seen in the last five years. Well, here's what it is. Krejci has like done good work with a lot of different wingers. He's clearly been unhappy about having to do it that way, though. Yeah. He said the other week, I slowed my game down to play with the other guys and to make it work. Yeah. So he, he knows, he understands now, this is how it has to be. So it's like he's going to work out really well with, with uh, Jake DeBrus. We, we know that that's a good combination. Now we just have to make sure we get somebody on the right side that works just as well. And if it is Pasternak, then just make it Pasternak. That's fine. I mean, he's a top-line winger, but... Oh, man. Pasternak on that line on Wednesday. Yeah. And the thing is, too, if you have DeBrusque and Pasta on his wings, he doesn't really have to slow his game down then. Put Heinen on that first line. Mojo with with Coil and insert winger here. Put Pasta with, yeah. uh, with Krejci and, and DeBrusque. I mean, I want him to have a solid line. I do. I'm not. I'm not being an idiot here. I just... I just think that that statement wasn't necessarily true about Krejci. Well, here's the thing about that, too. Is, you know what? We're going into the playoffs. Why not put Pasternak on that and potentially turn Krejci into the nuclear superweapon we know he can oh. be in the playoffs? Yeah. I think we've already seen Cassidy rolling out some stuff that he's going to try in the playoffs. I've been seeing Carlo and Chara out at the same time. Oh, nuclear. He's sort of a sledgehammer shutdown line. Yeah. problem with that is I don't. I don't love our other pairings. No, but it's not to say that he's going to start the game and end the game that way, like throughout. It's just that he's going to roll that out from time to time when he feels like he needs it. Yeah, because yeah, while I love both Krug and McAvoy, that pairing kind of frightens me. Oh, yeah, they're both prone to kind of lapses right now. That, that could be pretty bad. No, they both do better with the, those two players on there. But I'm just saying, I think that Cassidy is trying all sorts of things and we're going to see all sorts of things in the playoffs. And if he decides to stick with it from start to finish, probably not. He's a blender guy. Well, you know, and he'll have a rock a rock solid third pairing, right? When he has both Grizz and Miller pairing, we know how good a, a good a pair that is. That's interesting because the next thing on my list, because yes, I have a list. Matt Grizzlick returned yesterday against Florida, and it was not a good game for any of the Bruins. But yay, he's back! <laughs> yeah, him being back is great. I'm pretty happy about it. And Kevin Miller is due back tonight. Which um would put us back at full strength. However, it would have. like that. That's everyone that was out as of last time we recorded. Yes. Is that, has DeBrusque back, Pasta back, Mojo back, all three defensemen. Oh, uh, oh so now we're going to talk about the people we lost in the last couple weeks? <laughs> sort of where this is going, I think. It's kind of a logical place for it to head. Okay, <laughs> now you all have to know that this first one broke my heart. And nobody, nobody consoled me about this. Nobody consoled me about my boy getting his hand broken during during 
the game against the Devils on the 21st, the day after we recorded. Oh, my Sean Crowley. He had surgery. He's out for four weeks. It's only like a couple more weeks or three weeks or I don't know how to count anymore. So that would put him back in in time for a second round series, assuming a second round series takes place. My heart! My heart! I know. I just got his jersey, man! This is what it's like recording with men. They don't care. I mean, it sucks a lot. uh, I hope that some of our female listeners will chime in and say they feel bad that Sean Corelli's out. I don't have a heartthrob trifecta right now. I mean, Sean Corelli is is an alarmingly attractive man. He is, but okay. Like, like it's almost almost like off-puttingly so. I'm just like... Okay. His his features are, are so sharp. It's like, you're almost like a mannequin in some ways, dude, except we clearly got all kinds of personality. And he's he's got a little bit of a rugged handsomeness as well. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's like I'm not the only one in love with him. Sis is in love with him too. It's how it is. I'm sorry, you can't help who you fall in love with. I know that everybody thinks like, oh my god, Brandon Carlo, you're totally in love with him. I'm like, I'm old enough to be his mom. It feels a little weird. <laughs> and you're all. I, I'm old enough to be all of their moms. I get it, but except like Chara, I'm old enough to be his sister. <laughs> I am. I'm old enough to be his sister. I never like to talk about how old I am on this podcast. I am old. I'm old. My point is this: my heart, my heart. It's it's. I'm so sad. Okay, and then this other person who I totally forgot about until today, John Moore. <laughs> he has an yeah. upper body injury. And he was lost during the Tampa game, I think. Yeah, on a hit from uh, Adam Earn. Ernie. His name is Ernie. I swear to God it is. I wish his name was Bert Earn. Oh, Bert and Ernie. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we're just going to call him Bert and Ernie. (laughs) Except he doesn't deserve that. He's a... (sighs) The one team in Tampa that's fucking good. My lord. But you're right. It's spelled Earn. Like, the ever-popular seabird clue in... Crossword puzzles. Earn. It's true. I've done a lot of crossword puzzles. Jeff is just looking at me like I'm an idiot. No, no, I just, I, I have to take your word for it because, like, I don't do a lot of crosswords. Yep, that and uh, a small hand purse or a small, like, sewing purse, etui. Those are very popular crossword puzzle, four-letter crossword puzzle answers. Anyway, we'll talk about crosswords later on, um... Barely on crosswords or something. Yeah, so John Moore is out with upper body injury. I don't even really know what it was, but all I know is this, is that it made that game against Tampa Bay hard. More difficult than it had to be, yeah. And also, with Moore being out, it kind of, it sucks that he's injured and everything too, but at the same time, Miller and Grizz are back. And honestly, depending on who they decide to keep as their seventh uh, defenseman, I would keep, I would keep Clifton... And, I mean, honestly, if you do that, I don't necessarily think you miss John Moore that much. Well, you kind of think that they're going to call up Clifton for the playoffs, right? Don't they, like, call up some guy to have him in reserve? Well, it depends, too. I mean, they don't – well, because we have eight defensemen on the roster, Oh, they don't need to. And, like, really, if the AH and the P-Bruins are going into the playoffs, they, um, they probably need Clifton there as well. Mm, okay. Well, we'll see what happens with that, but – yeah, I keep forgetting about Camper. Camper's playing a game in the playoffs. We done gone fucked up. But yeah, something happened. Something bad happened. If that happens, yeah, I don't want to think about it, guys. I really, you know what? I want to get through this week. I don't want to think about bad things that could happen. So, 
Let's move on to other news. More news. Yes. <laughs> this is the stuff that is less important than other things. But I'm just going to mention them. Although I think I already mentioned the one about Tori Krug, so we'll just take that off the list. Zidane Chara is our Bruins nominee for the Masterton because he's old and he still plays Yeah, hockey. he is. <laughs> Ooh, um, that's a strike. Come on now. What's a strike? Oh, always. Oh, <laughs> I'm sitting there like trying to figure out, like, is he talking about bowling? Because <laughs> I'm the only person in the world when they say, oh, that's a strike. I'm like, oh, bowling. <laughs> yeah, so Chara is nominated for being um, a 42-year-old player playing at a high level. And if you read... <sighs> The person who nominated him, or at least wrote up a little thing for the pro hockey writers of Boston, blah, 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 was Joe Haggerty. And I'm like, oh, this guy had him retiring like four seasons ago and selling real estate. Shut up. Fucking hacks. I know. He just, ugh. why? I mean, it must be a really dumb position that you never have to do any work for. That's the only reason. Well, that's just it. I, 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 either that or it's so much work that everyone else is like, fuck that, let the dipshit keep doing it. Yeah, but I can't imagine there's much work to it because hags, so... I mean, like, the obvious answer is Ty should be the, uh, he should, should, should be there, but... There's gotta be, like, no chance in hell that anyone around the team enjoys hags at all. The re- I don't know how he still has a job writing about the Bruins. I honestly don't. Oh my god, that's right! Since we last recorded, Brad Marchand and the Hags tweet. Oh, yeah. You got to pull that oh, up, Oh, he Jeff. bodied Hags. Oh. Basically said maybe you should watch the games instead of hanging out at the snack bar. Oh, God. That was such a burn. And then Hags was like, I think managed to actually convince himself that it was all in good fun and not like, seriously, fuck you, Hags, which is exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then was it... It was like the next game, maybe maybe it was Kalman, who was like, I wish I really had, I wish I had a snack bar for this game or something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yes, I live for the bodying of hags. Let's, oh, it was good. So, so if you, if you kill um, Joe Haggerty, do you have to put him in a body hag? <laughs> oh no i deserve two minutes in the penalty box for that one <laughs> uh, he doesn't deserve that kind of respect he gets the bone saw treatment oh god oh, oh no they do call him a hack so <laughs> his handle hacks with hags i just can't help it's not like hacking away with a stick or anything it's really just like no joe haggerty is a hack and he just hacks away at things, like, in a terrible he, hack way. He just knows about it, knows that he's proud of it, hence it being his own fucking Twitter handle. Oh, God, he's just the worst. I wonder if he, like, the way he comes up with article, like, ideas for articles, is he's got to have, like, a dartboard with a bunch of different things, and every morning he wakes up, throws a dart at the board, whatever it lands on, that's what he's writing about that day. That's got to be what it is, because... Otherwise, so I don't know. he comes up with ideas that are more than just, you know, a long form version of the poop emoji. I think he's 
just got the um, Charlie from It's Always Sunny board of uh, post-it notes <laughs> and pictures and all the strings everywhere. Just the whole conspiracy thing. That's what he's got going. But anyway. That works too. You know who doesn't suck? Go on. <laughs> I was hoping you would just say an answer. <laughs> Not the right answer, but an answer. I don't know where you're going with this. That's why I had to go. The, I had to ask. You know who doesn't suck? Pasta. David Pasternak got his fourth career hat trick this week. Uh, his third this season against, who was it? Oh, it was the New York Rangers against, oh, Henrik. Yes. So sad. Five points that game, too, because he had two assists as well. Oh, it was sick. It was a sick game for him. Oh, oh absolutely nuts. <laughs> oh, loved it, you know. Um, my husband found out this week that Pasta can score a hat trick without him being at the game, so... That was good. <laughs> Always oh, God. So fun. So fun. Good good job, Pasta. Also, because that, that was his fifth game back, I believe, from injury. And up at that, till that point in the five games back from injury, he had 11 points. So um, I think he's okay. I think he's doing okay. He's got 36 goals in the year. So that's pretty good. Uh, Brad Marchand has 97 points. I would say he did that quietly, but nah. That's just that's just how he is. Yeah, so let's break that down. He's got 33 goals and 64 assists. Is that what it is? 63 assists. So he has 34 goals? 34, 63, 97. Oh, okay, I had it wrong. All right, so good. Good for him. 97 yeah, He goals. has himself in assists. Uh, yeah. So what I want him to do is get to the 100-point mark without scoring, getting any more assists, have it just be goals. If his stat line's 37, 63, 100. <gasps> oh, that would be oh, perfect. Oh, my God. That would be so good. Oh, my God. Right? Right. Yes. Wait a minute. Okay, so he's got 34 goals, 63. 63 oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Do it. Yes, 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 yes. Do it. Exactly. Do it. Exactly. Exactly. You know you got to. <laughs> you got it. Okay, his line mates have got to know at this point, like, just give him the puck. Let him score those three goals. Like... You know, oh my God, that would be so fun. That would be the best. Come on, Brad. Oh, guys, you guys got to get Brad three more goals, no assists. Please. And knowing, based on what we know about Brad, he's got to be pulling for this too. Yeah. Oh, he has to be. Hey, who knows? Maybe Berkey's pulling for it just quietly. You know that Pasta's down for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like Pasta's down for most things. <laughs> yeah, he's a goofy kid. Yeah, it's fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Namath it seems like he's down for it, so, yeah. He's down for fun. If this is fun, then he's down for it. There we go. I think about it sometimes, like, I hope y- Jakob Lauko makes the big game. Having two wacky young checks on the team would be just be great. I can oh, see the buddy fun. sitcom now. Two wacky zany checks. Two zany checks! And it would be C-Z-A-N-Y. But then you'd have to say two chainy checks. And poor Krejci just has to play the straight man for the for, for the sitcom. Yeah, it'd be like Perfect Strangers with two Belkies. <laughs> anyway. how much of a nerd Lauko is because he's got like Lord of the Rings tattoos and stuff. <laughs> oh God, oh, Lauko, <laughs> love it. All right, so uh, we already talked about Tori Krug becoming the all-time American Bruins. Scoring leader with 284, I think it's now 285 points, but whatever. He's going to continue to add to that. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot to mention this about Chara. He finally got his 200th goal. 
Yes, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, and it was like a big just monkey off his back. It was it, it was in that game against Florida, down in Florida. He got the 200th goal. He was super psyched and happy. Ah, oh, dedicated it to his dad, who basically had been teasing him about it for a while. But you know, who was super supportive of his hockey career. Even, you know, because Chara, I don't know if you've seen this about him on, on uh, social media. He's definitely said several times that he shouldn't have been playing hockey, according to experts, just because of his size and the way well, he skates and his stuff. physiology doesn't make any sense as a successful hockey player, but here we are. Yes, that's fine. And he wants to play with us for another year, or for us for another year. Woohoo! All right, and here's this throwaway one. I'm going to just list it anyway, because... People want to know this. The Bruins have signed forward Paul Carey to a two-year, two-way deal. Yay. Yep. That um, uh, a deal for, for the, the three of you that care pays him at the NHL level $700,000 uh, a year each of those years, same as his current contract. And if Cap Friendly cooperates and actually loads the player page, we'll find out what that actually looks at for practical purposes. It. Oh, okay. In the minors, he makes 375000 So that's actually very generous uh um, a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what you pay a veteran to be your captain, to be your AHL captain with the quite high AHL pay. Right. So, as you were saying before, looks like Schwartz might be out. Yeah, that's my feeling anyway. Is that it? Sort of signals that Schwartz. I mean, but basically, the, the team has several um, uh, veteran AHL veterans on you who are about to go UFA. Stepniak, of course, Schwartz, and Mark McNeil. They're all gone for sure. Which is too bad for Schwartz. He's been good. He scored his 20th goal recently, and he became, I think it was the fifth Providence Bruin player in history to have three seasons of 20-plus goals with the team. I mean, that makes sense. Most players that, you know, do that then make the then make the show, or they're veterans that bounce around like ping-pong balls across the AHL. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much been a captain every place in the AHL he's gone to, so... I feel so bad. I have not gone down to Providence to see any games. Prospect news is um, both the both Kyle Kaiser's um, uh, Oshawa Generals and um, uh, Jack Studnicka's um, uh, Niagara Ice Dogs are advancing to the second round of the OHL playoffs. They will be facing each other. Ooh. That should be interesting. And um, uh, Dominic Tiano already tweeted, he called it for uh, Oshawa earlier today on Twitter. And of course, that's it. watching OHL games is literally his job. So, so he's pulling. So he's on Team Kaiser, not on Team Studnica, then basically. All right, we'll go Team Kyle or something. Since we last recorded, the Bruins have played many games, and they've done okay. You know, they got six out of ten points. They played five games since we last recorded, and there, there, there were three and two. Yeah, and honestly, okay. That game against Florida, I in my living room, I said to my husband, I'd really like Boston to put seven up on, on Florida. Not because I hate Florida, just because I want to see it happen again. And what did they do? They put seven up on them. Achari? Achari has scored two goals in the last four games. And they were the opening goals. In that game against Florida, he was so close to a Gordie Howe hat-trick. And, and he scored the only goal on the second game against Florida. Oh yeah, he's like he's like the Florida killer. That's what he is. I was really hoping he would have beat up Mackenzie Wegar again yesterday, like he did in the first game where he just looked like a lunatic. Even though Paul Byron's a have, what Mackenzie Wegar did to that guy who's so much fucking smaller than him earlier this week was kind of inexcusable. Even though Paul Byron's a have and I should have no sympathy. Oh, okay. What was this again? I'm sorry. 
Um, Mackenzie Wegar got in a fight with Paul Byron. He's a fairly small guy, not a fighter. Byron did throw a nasty hit to Wegar some some while ago. Wegar got a concussion. Byron got a three game suspension. Yep. Okay, served it. Yep. Next game that they're both in, Wegar decides he's going to fight Byron. Wegar weighs like 45, 40 pounds more than Byron. Has six inches on him. Uh, yeah. KOs him because of course he did. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you. Even though Paul Byron's a have, you just don't want to see that happen to people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's not cool. But uh, basically. I don't know what was going on necessarily with with uh, him and Acharya, but Acharya just basically knew right off the bat to surprise him with the left hand. He stunned him with the southpaw and just kept going and going and going and going and going and going. It was so great. You know what? I kind of want to see a hockey fight somewhere where someone just says, "The fuck it, I'm not doing the jersey grab. I'm just going. I'm just going berserker style and just haymakers from both with, with both arms, like you know, like, like fucking Wolverine." Yeah, but at some point, you kind of have to hold on to them because ice is as frictionless as you can actually get. So you're like, every time you throw that, you're like pushing yourself back because for every action, there is an opposite. Uh, I suppose that's true. Or just like hold enough jersey and then punch them while holding their jersey with both your hands and they're just helpless. Oh my God, that would be so great. They're holding you and you're like, That's amazing to think about. <laughs> oh man, that's such a that's such a double idea. I hope somebody does do that. And odds on when you're doing that, their their fight strap's gonna come undone, so look at the extra penalty too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Alright, so the games as they were. Three twenty one. The Bruins took on the Devils, one five to one. That was awesome. Couple goals by Bergen. Beautiful. 323 Boston versus Florida, 7-3, a win. You know, like I said, Achari had a two-thirds of a Gordie Howe hat-trick, and that was great. Char got his 200th goal that time. Woohoo! Camper even scored a goal. It's fantastic. The 25th Boston was playing at Tampa Bay. They lost 5-4. to four. The Three NHL defensemen. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a tough thing. They lost more during that game. And Carlo! Oh my god! Brandon Carlo scored a goal! He my, did. My boy! Oh my god. I can't believe it. Oh, and I was watching, so. Whew. Uh the twenty seventh, the Rangers came to Boston and Boston won six to three, and I loved it because six to three. Quota. God, it was so awesome. Yeah. Uh Pasta had his hat trick. It was fantastic. And McAvoy scored. So did DeBrusque and Bergie. And then yesterday, that game sucked. Yeah, Florida versus Boston. Only goal was from Achari. And I think Boston lost that game more than Florida won it. Lost is it. Boston badly outshot, outshot Florida. The only player on either team that was really feeling it was, was Roberto Luongo. Yep. Like the only player on the ice that was feeling that game whatsoever. And I read this on from Matt Kalman this morning. Chara gave had the equipment managers give Luongo a signed silver stick from Chara and was apparently encouraging him not to retire this this summer. Oh, a silver stick? Wow, like the one they gave to Bergie? I think not quite that. Probably just like one painted silver, but I don't know. <laughs> it's spray painted silver, <laughs> and it's still wet. <laughs> look, hey, look, the standard is for me now. If you say a silver stick, I'm expecting what what Bergie got that silver plated stick, which was yeah. quite impressive. So yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it makes more sense to spray paint a stick silver and ask a guy not to retire. Uh, instead of giving him, like, Bergie's stick that's silver. 
and saying, don't retire. That means basically Bergies is much more important. Damn it. Yes, here's what it is. Oh, no, sorry. No, it was just a stick. He wrote on it in silver Sharpie. My bad. Oh, <laughs> well, see, that's a different thing entirely. <laughs> yeah, the stick was passed from one team's equipment staff to the other. It was long, and it was inscribed across the blade in silver sharpie. To Lou, awesome to watch you play. Keep going. Zidane Chara, 33. Oh, so it was one of his own personal sticks. Clearly. Yeah, because it was long. So it was as tall as Luongo. And Luongo, of course, is, turns 40 on um, uh, Thursday. Oh, wow. Wow, next year he'll be a Masterton candidate if he plays. <laughs> And of course, Longo is third all time in NHL wins and games played. Although I should point out that he hasn't oh. in terms of win percentage because he's only four. He's four hundred eighty-eight wins in a thousand and forty-two games played. He played in Florida a long time, both before and after Vancouver. Well, I kind of hope he doesn't retire because he's he's funny and. Oh, but here's he's hilarious if he retires. He's of course subject to uh, cap recapture, right? Oh, the Canucks. Vancouver gets their shit caved in because of it, not Florida, because they they, they benefited the most, and they haven't been equalizing their cap situ- their cap benefit situation because he's been playing elsewhere. So like, I remember seeing, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think I remember seeing that if he retired this summer, Vancouver would get a would get a hit of about like two point eight eight million a year for the remainder of his contract, whereas Florida would be just over a million on recapture. Hmm. How many more years does he have? Three. Oh, okay. But here's the thing: is if he retires the last year of his con- before the last year of his contract, Vancouver gets a very large penalty. Apparently, like in the vicinity of five million, around the same time that they're you know expecting to have to be you know re-signing Pedersen to a to his second contract. Oh God. I know it's petty to hate a team that my team embarrassed in the finals, but I kind of get get joy out of out of their futility. <laughs> And also because I can't help but look at Jim Benning and say, thank fucking God. Yeah, you just hate Vancouver, don't you? Yeah, a bit. Okay. I think part of it's the fact that everyone I've known who is from Vancouver, regardless of how nice a person they are, when they're anywhere besides Vancouver, all they do is bitch about the someplace about it not being Vancouver. Like People do that <laughs> shit almost from everywhere, but Vancouver, people from Vancouver are so much fucking worse. I bitch and complain about the people around here. Because you know what? I grew up in Newport, and people are... But that's not the same. They don't bitch about anything specific. They mostly complain about it not being Vancouver. Uh, I know, but I'm just saying, as a person who does bitch about being in one place as opposed to another, that's what I bitch about. I bitch about the people, because people are friendlier down where I'm from. They just are. It could be that our economy is is a a tourist-based economy, and we have to be friendly. Also, you live in Massachusetts, and like... They're not really the most friendly people in general. No, they aren't. No, no, they they aren't. And I swear, in my town, they're especially unfriendly. So, I mean, like, New Englanders in general have a habit of being kind of crusty. But, like, it also depends on how touristy the area is. If they're really touristy, obviously, they have to be. Like, where my parents' cottage is, everyone's so un- un- indescribably friendly because, well, they kind of have to. <laughs> well, but I'd like to think that Newport isn't just... People aren't just friendly there because of tourists. Because, you know, as a teenager, you're taught to give tourists the wrong directions. <laughs> so, like, slyly be... So you're taught to slyly be addicted to tourists? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after a while, you realize that you're being a dick and you choose either to keep doing it or not. So, I don't know. I'd like to think that I'm pretty friendly for the most part. So... I have to deal with daily unfriendliness and it, it kind of wears on me after a while. Thankfully I have a dog. So anyway, that was pathetic and sad. 
why don't we talk about the remaining games? Because, oh my God, I am so happy. I can see the playoffs. I can see them. They're happening. Before that, though, I have one announcement. We are actually going back to recording weekly. Woohoo! Everybody's so woo! Yeah. We're not doing woo! that. We're not doing that crazy shit that we did during the playoffs where we record twice a week and nobody wants that. We don't want that. You don't want that. It's it's abundantly clear. You don't want that. We're not doing that. Once a week. That's fine. We're going to do that. And hopefully we'll get the episodes out as soon as we possibly can because it's playoffs and we're not going to be just dicking around a lot. So, okay. So, with that announcement, we have... Okay, so there are four games left remaining in the schedule. One of which, of course, is today in about two and a half hours against Detroit in Detroit, tragically on on NBC. How do we have another game? Haven't we played them 75 times already? Maybe it just felt like it because it's fucking Detroit. Yeah, God. Ugh. Okay. So, yeah, we follow that out on Tuesday. That would be April 2nd against Columbus. What? Again? Well, we didn't play them until, like, last month, ever. So, so yeah, this is the third one, and it's in Columbus, and that kind of sucks, but, you know. Yep, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Followed that on Thursday at 8 p.m. Oh, God. Oh, I know that. That's because of time zones. Okay. Breathe. At 8 p.m. Eastern against the Minnesota Ryan Donatos. Oh, God. Ooh. Oh, no, it's the mild. Oh, God. Okay, okay. I feel indicated because I was listening to Puck Soup. Yes, I know I've said many times I'm not going to listen to it, but I still listen to it because sometimes I'm in the car for a long time. And uh, so I was listening to Puck Soup, and they were doing a question of the day, and they were talking about teams, like people's teams and blah, blah, blah. And even fans of the Minnesota Mild are bored by their hockey. <laughs> Well, that was just it. I do remember them saying offense. Like, oh, no one wants to see that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, uh, and Sean, uh, and um, uh, Down Goes Brown wrote an article about a week ago for, for The Athletic about which games are the best are the best games to watch down the stretch. And he talked about one night where there's just someone playing the, playing Minnesota, and they're like, eh, no, just don't. <laughs> no. It is so boring. It's so boring. Why? Why do I have to be suffering? Okay. I guess I could just not watch that game. Inevitably, Ryan Donato is going to have an amazing game, and everyone's going to talk about it, and it's going to suck. Counterpoint: Charlie Coyle hat trick. I mean, I hope. I'm going to skip the game. I mean, that's going <laughs> to start at nine o'clock for me, so there's a good chance it's happening as well. I just, uh, Tim, you watch it for us. <laughs> it's at nine. I'll probably miss the start of it, depending on if and when the Red Sox play that night. Yeah, eight p.m. start for you. Uh, oh, it. What day is it on? Thursday. Oh, that, the Red Sox are going to be in the middle of their West Coast trips still, so the Red Sox game is going to start even later. Oh. Uh, let's just all skip it. We skip it. Ah, hate it. <laughs> hate that game. I, I, I just hate when the Bruins trade someone and then we play against that team and that player does well and everyone's like, oh, should have never traded. Well, like, Frank Petrano hasn't had a good game against Boston, despite having a good having had a good season. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about that part. I just Minnesota hockey just makes me want to just die and kill everyone with me. Just a, a mass murder and suicide. Yes, it's awful. Okay, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I just no, I I don't want to watch it. Fair. Okay, and then the final game of the regular season 
on Saturday, April 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern time at the Garden against Tampa Bay. Oh, I am totally watching that game. Yeah. And, and you know what? I cannot wait till after the game's over when we have the shirts off our backs. And I can't wait to see the person who receives Stephen Kemper's jersey and the look <laughs> she has on her face. Like, who? What? <laughs> it won't be quite like the Jordan Curran one because that was awesome. Everybody felt that. Everybody felt that. Don't lie. But yeah, so I'm excited. <laughs> Worse, it could be. It could have been 2012, and you could have been the guy that got the Mike Matau jersey. Oh, who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mike, um, yeah, or you know, I mean, the Greg Zanon jersey at least is interesting trivia. Mike Matau isn't even that. Yeah. Andre Mazaros. <laughs> Corey Potter. Oh, oh, Corey Potter. Wayne Redden. <laughs> Let's just keep shouting shitty defensemen. And you know what the funny like, thing about that the is, Joe Corvo jersey is even worse than Mike. I am looking forward to that game because I am very curious to see how the Bruins will match up with a much more intact team. Yes. Yeah, given the fact that the only likely playoff starter who won't be there, knock on wood, is Sean Corral. Yeah. And we know more isn't one of our top six defensemen. No. Right. Possibly not even top seven, depending on how you feel about about the early returns on Cliff. Right. I feel very good, thank you. I, I as well, yes, actually, and I, I'm not a big fan of John Moore's game. Not as bad as some people are painting him to be, but he's just so... Eh. I honestly forgot about him, and I feel terrible about it. But I feel terrible about it as a person. Like, oh, I forgot that he existed on this team. But as a player, I don't feel as terrible about it. <laughs> I will say, since he had to play because of injury, he hasn't been awful. I'll give him that. He hasn't been, like, a dumpster fire. So there is that. Well, there's a thing, actually, too, in general, despite the sheer number of defensemen that are dressed for this team this season, the only one that looked bad, really, was Zamoral. And he didn't look bad, just nervous. God, I don't even remember. I'll be honest. He didn't play very many games. He was the, you know, well, I mean, by the time we called him up, we were down to, like, our 11th defenseman or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) At least our team picture wasn't with four goalies. (laughs) The Flyers had a picture, a team picture, where they had four goalies in it. Oh, yeah, they still have four rostered goalies, because Neuberth, Elliott, Talbot, and um, uh, Hart. Plus, they've also played Mike McKenna and Calvin Picard and Anthony Stolarz this season. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Stolarz go back for Calbit? Uh, Talbot? Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Calbit, that's what yeah. I called him. And, and Picard's been back up in Arizona since they waived him. So McKenna's still with them, though. I don't know if they waived him or if, he, or if they're carrying him on the roster. That's Portland Pirate great Mike McKenna. I was going to say that because I, I've actually seen him in games. I'm pretty sure he has the most career wins for any goalie in Portland Pirates history. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. And he'll always have it. Okay, he so will. apparently he did clear clear waivers and is in, and is in um, uh, Lehigh Valley. Oh, I forgot Alex Le- Alex Leon also played a, played some games, too. So, like, yeah, just basically every goalie ever played for that team this year. <laughs> wow, amazing. He beat out the 20, I think, 15 or the 24, 13-14 or the 14-15 Sabres played more goalies. Played similar number of goalies and, like, got so far down their depth chart it was dumb. But then they, like, you know, they kept trading them. Pretty soon, Gritty's going to be in net, and it's going to be awesome. Oh, my God. Did you see Gritty with the little kid? The little kid in goalie gear, like, with his goalie stick, is, like, whacking at goalie uh, at Gritty, and they're having, like, a little bit of a fight. And then, finally, Gritty just picks him up over his shoulder and carries him out. 
Oh, God. I mean, at this point, if I'm a goalie and I play for Philly, Gritty's got to be somewhere on my helmet. Oh, my God. Everybody's helmet should have Gritty on it. I, I know that you don't do it for non-goalies, but everybody should have a gritty sticker or something. Oh, a gritty shoulder, a, a gritty patch. Oh my god, a gritty <laughs> patch. Yes, yes. Do it. Yep. Yeah, everybody I would buy listen. a Flyers jersey if it had a gritty patch on it. I would too. I otherwise would not buy a Flyers jersey. They are ugly. I don't like their color scheme, and I also don't like their team. I need a gritty but t-shirt. I, gritty, I would buy it. I would even buy it, one for someone on the Flyers who I really hate. I'd have to do some like... I'd even buy like a Radko Goodis. No. No, that's... Had a gritty, if it had a gritty patch on it. No, no. The proper way to honor Gritty is to get a closure room. Yeah. Because they are best friends forever. I do await them to just like one day have the unmasking of Gritty and it turns out it was really just Scott Hartnell the whole time. <laughs> he was actually really tickled to meet Gritty. He was talking about it on ESPN on Ice. It was great. <laughs> or was it Puck Soup? It was one of them. So anyway, it was great. Yeah, that would be so fantastic. Gritty is going to be such a great uncle. To Claude's newborn that is going to happen this summer. So that'll be so great. <laughs> the only reason why I know about this is Gritty retweeted the tweet. <laughs> he had to. It's his best friend. <laughs> anyway, yes, totally watching that Tampa Bay game. I'm very excited to see that. I'm glad the season is ending. And I heard that the Bruins playoff game, the first one, Will happen. Ready? Da, 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 da. I heard this yesterday on the hockey show. It came from Billy Jaffe because he's in the know. It looks like it is going to be on the 11th, which is a Thursday. Again, you know, I stand with um, uh, with Greg Wyshynski. First day of playoffs should be a Saturday, and they should be skew everything. So you could, if you wanted to, watch hockey from from 1 p.m. until until 2 in the morning. I think that would be a great idea opening day because like first round series are always the best or in general in aggregate are like the best series in the entire playoffs anyway because everybody's relatively fresh yeah it's a new season and the way the playoffs are set up they're generally playing someone they normally play in the regular season and hate i mean that was the idea unfortunately the unintended consequences not even well i mean the playoff format like seriously fuck that shit yeah it's not good no. What's going to happen in the East, I think, is uh, the winner of the Metro is going to is going to come out of the Eastern Conference Finals because um, because the Atlantic's going to drive grind itself to dust. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. I really don't want to see the Capitals go back. That's basically, to, to to Tampa last year against the Caps. Mm, I don't want the Caps to go back. Mm, they got one. It's fine. The, the high quality of the storm surge that the that the Canes would do if they won the cup. Oh no. Oh, I'm so done with that. Oh, I had to choose the other day between the the Carolina Hurricanes or the Habs getting into the playoffs, and it was really hard. It was hard for me. I mean, I don't love how the Twitter, how much the Twitter community is just like like furiously fapping to the point where their dicks are creating smoke um, over the over the Canes. Yeah, like, I really love it. Like honestly, the Canes would be a fun story if it wasn't for these fucks on Twitter. That are just like entirely too excited about it. Okay, I'm gonna state my stance again. I I'm fine that they do it. I understand why they do it. I think it's great, great that you're doing that. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Well, that's just it. I don't know who I hate more talking about it: the people that hate it or the people that like it. Probably the people that like it because they're so indignant about the people that don't. Really, all of you should just shut the fuck up and let them do their thing. Yeah, I I'm neutral. I am neutral on this. 
except maybe I, I do lean towards like, sure, do it. But I'm on the other side of just shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't. Ugh, so annoying. But, you know, I like the haves to fail. And I don't know if I want them to fail before they even get into the playoffs or fail really badly in the playoffs. I, I, I want somebody to grind down Tampa Bay. But I also want the Blue Jackets to make the playoffs because I am not mean-spirited. I want them. They made some big, big gambles at the deadline, and I want them to at least get in the playoffs. Well, last year, so on the matter of Columbus, I'm like, God, am I team chaos or like, or do I want bold, or do I want bold and daring rewarded? Because team chaos has seen the missed playoffs with them after doing that. I want them to be rewarded with the playoff berth. They're probably going to just go out in the first round, but you well, know, because right now they're on track to to, to to be up against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, now that said, they're as of the time of this recording, um, Montreal is outside of the playoffs. Yay! Uh, and Carolina and Columbus are the wild cards. Carolina has um, ninety three points in seventy eight games played with a with a with ROW of forty one. Okay. Columbus has. 92 points in 78 games played with an ROW of 43. Ooh, wow. So a win puts them again, puts them back into the Metro for the playoffs. If they, as long if they just so much as pick up a single point against Carolina. Ooh. And then, and then Montreal is outside on the outside looking in with 79 games played, so one more game played with a 92 points and 40 ROW. So money is against Montreal making the cut. Yay! Oh, it's such a hard thing. Now I kind of like it's the fall the wild card too because I think I like Carolina against Tampa better than Columbus. I don't think either one would win against Tampa, but would make Tampa have to work a fuck lot harder for it. Mm. I'm all for somebody trying to drag Tampa into like a six or seven game series. That would be great. Well, that's just it. what we want to happen. What we want to happen is someone taking Tampa to a seven game series. And Boston just, you know, demolishing the stumbling Leafs in four or five. Yep. I don't really believe Boston's going to beat T- Toronto in four or five games. But that's what we want. Yeah, that's what we want. Tampa had a long series and Boston to clean up Toronto quickly. Also because of Toronto. Oh, God, Toronto got swept. Like, Toronto media is already starting to lose its mind, right? Which is great because they've been so fucking cocky all year. But, like, I just want to see what happens, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's pretty clear that Babcock and and Duba and and Duba aren't on the same page, not entirely. Yeah, I think there's some frustrations. <laughs> Were Toronto to get swept in the first round, hypothetically, the carnage I think that would happen, at least in Toronto media, maybe not actually in the front office, would be great. Just think about the op-eds that would say, "Like, well, clearly Shanahan should have gone with Mark Hunter over Kyle Dubas because the math boy." Blah blah blah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guarantee Brian Brooks already writing his commentary for Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> I just want them to fall apart. That's all. Pajama Boy and Jack White's illegitimate child and Mitch Marner, who deserves to be paid $12 million a year. And a random 14-year-old boy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just all, all of you, go away. <laughs> Okay, so next week when we record it, we'll obviously, we will talk about the wrap-up of the season and we'll do a playoff preview because we pretty much know who we're facing and we'll just talk about that a little bit more. So we can go into how you can find us now. Yes. Well, listeners, uh, you've been listening to Barely On Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Please 
Rate us some stars. Write a review. Tell your friends. Higher profile means more listeners, and more listeners is good. If you want to reach out to us, of course, um, you can follow us on Twitter at Barely on Topic, or on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. And of course, you can always, if you really have a death wish or some sort of masochist, follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I am, of course, at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. You can follow me for all the Seattle hate right now. <laughs> He's not feeling the mariner, Mariners whatsoever. <laughs> I'm also not feeling the Mariners, but just because I don't follow baseball. And I am, my heart is broken and or missing because Sean Corrali is not playing. Dot com. AKA at VA from RI. Tim? Word. 